Hi, this is Kara Kading, and as part of the Milliger family, I'd love to introduce you to our new podcast. Everything we do here at Milliger's is done to enhance the lifestyle of our customers. Our products and services add beauty and enjoyment and just make life a little more rewarding. We are first and foremost growers, and one of the things we do best is to open a world of beauty to people through plants. And plants enrich our lives in so many ways, from cleaning our air to making everyone feel better. And everything else that we do or sell gradually evolved from our wanting people to feel better and enjoy life. I'm here with Kevin Milliger, my uncle, and you may have heard our podcast in the past with him talking a lot about our vintage veggies, of course, vegetables in the garden, and he's known as Mr. T. He's our tomato king. But now as Milligers, we move into a whole new season talking about Christmas. And as we get ready and in anticipation, now we get to hear all about another love of yours, and that is vintage ornaments. Right. The vintage ornaments, I guess, first you have to define what vintage means. And I think it's, it usually means whatever you grew up with or older. So that if you're 25 years old now, it could be something that was turn of the century, even relatively recent. But for me, it's considerably older. It's ornaments from the 60s, probably. And for people that are even older, it's accordingly. Anyway, there are many things to choose from. And I think the key to the enjoyment of this is to not restrict yourself too much. Some people say, I only want American or only want German or only want Polish or whatever. To me, why restrict yourself? Just find the ornaments you love because you'll find yourself changing in your interests over the years as you become more aware of other kinds of ornaments. Right. And I love when looking at a Christmas tree, really appreciating the variety, variations, colorations, shapes. Uh, There's so much more to offer when you're looking at the tree and there's more variety on there. But this is a category that you have really expanded and I would say opened to the public as a whole new category for us here at Milliger's because these are unlike any other product that we have in the store. They're not something that either that we make or that we purchase from a vendor. This is really you researching, finding, collecting throughout the entire year and then there's an actual tree that we have available at both stores for people to be able to purchase these true vintage ornaments. Right. The fun thing about it is we never know what's coming next because we buy them at auctions. We have pickers who look for us from estate sales and flea markets, things like that. And so they can come from anywhere. So we buy them in bulk and we already buy them onesies and twosies or we buy them in large quantities sometimes. We buy them from collectors that drop them off. If you think of how many there must be in the country, I mean, <laughs> pretty much every house has an attic with several boxes of ornaments minimum or you know nearly every house. Right. So these things are coming to the fore constantly. And that's the fun. There's always a surprise. You've been doing this throughout the entire year though, right? Yeah, we collect them year round. And then about this time we start to go through them and categorize them and sort them and then price them and talk about them. Since every year is different, I never really know what's coming next. That way I can tailor the blogs to whatever happened to have found the previous year. And this is something that you have been doing here at Milliger's. We just did the research and looked back. This will be the 11th year now offering this here at Milliger's. And the blogs that tie into it are so fascinating to learn the history, not only to enjoy their beauty, but to understand the complexity and where they come from, how they're made. It's pretty amazing to see. 
yet. There aren't too many places where you can go and find a large quantity like this. You can go to various antique shops, but you might see just a handful of ornaments. You might see, you know, a dozen or something like that, but we try to have many hundreds on display at any one time. And then I feature the different blogs that we'll do through the season. We'll talk about whatever we happen to find. So it could be from a different country or a different style or a different shape or whatever it happens to be. This year, have you seen something that has inspired your future blog or an increase in a certain amount of ornaments of a different style or a certain style? This year, it seems like we have a lot more American ornaments than usual, which I think is the probably the natural trend because as time goes on, the quantity percentage of ornaments that were produced in American ornaments is increasing. So as time goes on, we'll be getting I think, more and more. But there are uh, you know, several hundred shiny bright ornaments of different shapes and different colors and styles. So we'll be highlighting some of those. That's one of them. Then there's the German and Polish ornaments with the indents. Oh, and, I love those. And the figural ornaments, which are like people or animals, objects such as pine cones, things like that, identifiable things. Like you said, I love the variety. So when the ornaments start getting hung on the tree, I love to just look and Philip and I will go through and pick some of our favorites right away. And it's always neat to see that we're picking such a nice variety, you know? Yeah, I always hang the new acquisitions on first and then I work on the the previous year's ones. So that way I can put the new ones sort of in the center of the tree where they get the most attention, where I can look at them a little longer and I kind of know where they are and then fill in the rest of the tree. But the American ornaments we mentioned, there really weren't any American ornaments prior to roughly 100 years ago, a little over 100 years ago. That was World War I when the supply of ornaments from Europe was interrupted by the war. And so then American manufacturers started looking for ways to produce them. The American way isn't like the European way. Over there, it's a cottage industry. So people were making them in their homes, painting them, and then bringing them into a central sort of warehouse. And then they would distribute them throughout the world from there. But American, our attitude is more like, how can we make as many as possible and simply? Mm-hmm. So it was more of a mass production thing. They went to Corning, the, the glass company, and they were making light bulbs. So they used the light bulb making technology to make Christmas ornaments. That way they could produce many millions in a very short amount of time. So I don't really favor American over European or vice versa or Japanese or any other country. To me, I just look for a style that appeals to me at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then once I find an ornament that I like, I try to research to see where it's from just to learn more about it because it's fun to know some of the background. One of the ways of identifying that is by the cap. Okay, yeah, I was wondering how you can tell the difference as you're looking at them of where they came from. I just don't know that myself. Well, the area that the cap sits on at the top of the ornament, mm-hmm. it's called a pike. And the pike on a European ornament, historically, I mean, there are exceptions, but historically, it's relatively small like maybe a quarter inch diameter. But when they went to the machine made ones in America, because of the machine fitting, they needed a a wider pike. So it's generally a half inch or so. That doesn't tell you much of a difference, but it is on a tiny ornament. A wider pike is probably American. With that, then American ornaments have a specific type of cap as well. There are a number of them, but there's two or three predominant ones. Once you understand what they are, then you can easily spot them. And they often are stamped made in USA why they might say shiny bright or something on them. Were the American ones not able to, because they're machine made and more mass produced, not able to have the level of detail that the European ones do? Or are they limited then on like the reflectors or have like a decoration on the inside or a little bit of a, like a scenery inside, something like that? Okay, well, that's about four questions. <laughs> the American ones originally were very simple. 
just a globe or a modified globe. Over the years, they went into more more advanced shapes, more advanced coloring, and some indentations and things like that. But they still remain overall a relatively simple shape and heavier glass. So if you pick up a European ornament of a certain size and find an American one that's roughly the same size, you'll feel the American one is heavier because they're using heavier glass. Yeah, that's interesting. I never never would have known that. Yeah. I mean, they're all light, but they are definitely heavier and harder to break, you know. For, mm-hmm. So that's good. Let's see, now what else did you ask? In <laughs> <laughs> well, I just asked about the uniqueness of it. So the reflectors and ones that have a little scenery inside of them. Yeah, the scenery, those are called diorama ornaments. So you take a regular ornament, like a round or elongated ornament, or generally a fairly hefty ornament. On one side, it's concave, and then there's a little scene inside there. So that can be... You know, reindeer, it could be a Santa Claus, it could be anything that's Christmas-related usually, but sometimes they're not Christmas-related. I recently found one with a little train inside of it. It can be anything. And those tend to be made in Czechoslovakia, the main country where they started making them, but they also made them in Japan, and they also made them in Italy. So, again, Mm. there isn't one that's better than the other. It's whatever appeals to you. I'm constantly finding new ones in that category because that's kind of an, a little interesting type of ornament that I like to favor or I kind of seek out, and I'm always finding new ones. So, again, even me, who has many ornaments at home, I'm always finding something I've never seen before. Did this category start at Milliger's because of your love for vintage ornaments? I know you have an amazing tree at home that you've really customized, and it has all vintage ornaments. We'll put a link in the show notes on the YouTube video that we have that's actually, it's been a few years now, but it's a close-up of all of your vintage ornaments and your unique tree that you have them on. Yeah, it's been on YouTube for a number of years now, and I, I do get a lot of comments on it. I'm, I'm always surprised whenever I go in there to look at it. I don't look at it often, but I mean, not even once a year, but you know, it's it's always fun to see how many people have commented. But the tree has gotten quite a bit better since then in terms of the, you know, I mean, I can't keep on adding ornaments without taking some off because right. the tree is only so big. But the quality of ornaments, I think, is upped quite a bit since then. We'll you know, have to do a new video. Yeah, we might have to. Yeah, yeah. That would be fun to see, even just comparing from, gosh, I can't remember how many years ago that was, but to see the progression of, of, like you said, how things changed. And I've noticed on your tree just the more uniqueness of the ornaments, of the complexity of them. Yeah. Well, I think the tree continues to evolve, and I take off my glasses because then everything is kind of fuzzy, and you can look at the tree <laughs> and you can see what colors might you maybe have too much of or not enough of, because I like to have a good variety. So then I might, you know, look for certain colors on purpose and try to find something mm-hmm. to fill in the gaps. And I also want to make sure that I have plenty of different ornament shapes. So to me, if you think about ornaments in general, they tend to be rather roundish. With that in mind, it's important, I think, to get some vertical accents so that would be you know an icicle is the most common shape and they're so great to hang on the tree it offers such a great I mean on anyone's tree whether it's vintage or I mean all of ours it seems like the icicles take it to a whole new level they do and they come in every color some are clear some are solid and they take up less room than the rounded ones so you can a lot of times put them in between ornaments where you think there isn't any room I would seek those out to me that adds a lot mm-hmm. um i've i've got so many i got so many icicles. i must have at least 500 icicles alone so all on your tree or you kind of do a little highlight of icicles too i, I do different things with icicles yeah I, they don't all have to be on a tree right in one place in the kitchen there's a long 
counter with a way to hang them underneath there, mirror background. I love it with the mirror uh, background. That looks amazing. Yeah. And the only problem is the cat jumps up there and I, you know, practically have a heart attack. when Cats and Christmas is not a good combination. he's walking down there. He doesn't, he's not paying attention, of course. And uh, so... (laughs) Every year there's one fatality, it seems like. It's not the cat, it's normal. <laughs> so anyway, like I said, I've got plenty, but I hate to break them naturally. And oh, they're, yeah. And they're getting more expensive, too, the vintage ornaments. So anyway, that is a dilemma now. I also expanded something last year. I decided that, you know, a lot of my miniature ornaments, and by that I mean maybe an inch or diameter or sometimes smaller, were kind of getting lost on the big tree because they just were hard to see and they don't have as much presence as the bigger ornaments. So so I put in a small tree, like about a four footer in my front hall where I've been hanging these special miniature ornaments and they show up much better than oh yeah nice so to me that's a real nice thing to do it gives you break out a collection and i know my parents love the pine cones so they like to highlight those on their own special tree or like you said a garland anything like that could be done to highlight that category yeah another category that's kind of neglected is the clip-on ornament and usually those are birds in terms of overall Mm -hmm. production over the years i'm sure that probably two-thirds or more of all the clip ornaments were birds but there are many other shapes as well often Sometimes if you look at a tree, a typical tree, that once the ornaments are on it, they're all hanging down and the, right. tops, the tops of the branches are looking kind of bare. That's a good place, of course, to use the clip-on ornaments to fill in those spots. So I would seek out clip-on ornaments if, if I was... I love those. Like you said, and then it really brings it to a whole new level as far as when you're looking at it or where the ornaments are hanging. It's really easy to find a spot to clip on an ornament. You don't have to worry about it dangling on the next branch, anything like that. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I think is important is we talked about the war ornaments. And one other thing that when they went to American production was that there were a number of shortages, a lot of rationing for various kinds of products all over the world, not just in America. And one of them was silver nitrate. So the silver nitrate is what's used to make the ornament, what they call silvering inside of the mm, ornament, right. uh, to make it reflective. So since they didn't have that product, they went with clear ornaments. That is, sometimes they're clear, sometimes they're transparent. So they would paint the glass or color the glass, but you could still see through it. Then they would sometimes put tinsel inside or something else too to make it a little bit more sparkly. I um, love when they have tinsel um, on the inside. I yeah. just think that's so fun. I like those because you can look right through those ornaments to the next ornament and the next one after that and the next one after that. I, I can't tell you how many of those I have just because I like that style ornament and it adds more depth to the tree when you can see right through them. That's another category I would advise people to use more of if you can. I mean, I tried to find them for sale. Like right now, I think I've got for this year, probably not a whole lot, maybe 25 or 30 of them that will be available you know, in the coming weeks. But, you know, they're out there. You can find them in other places and some of them have the paper cap which means that's another thing. Wow. The aluminum was shortage during the war. Isn't it kind of scary to have a paper cap? Is that going to hang on? I say paper, but it's really cardboard. It's very thin cardboard. And there's several different styles. I still don't styles. feel good about that. Yeah, I, it can come off. I've glued some back on. They can tear and... Right. But I figure if they've made it since World War II until now... They're probably going to be okay. As long as Ajax, the cat, stays out of the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Another category is check ornaments. There they were doing something with beaded glass and also tubular glass. These are so cool. Um, I mean, they're just in a whole another level of their own. Yeah, the tubes are tiny. I, I don't know what that measurement is there looking at it, looking at my hands here. But it's a, it's a very thin piece of tubular glass of every color. And then they put thread or, or whatever. Like a wire center. maybe? I think, it's, I think it actually is 
more like fishing line or okay. something through the center to create the shape. A familiar one, of course, would be like a star. Mm-hmm. The star is kind of unlimited. They're all different star shapes, different star colors, and many different details on the stars. So you could have a collection of stars and you'd never run out of new material. There are so many out there. And lots of fun colors. One thing I noticed, especially with the vintage ornaments, is the uniqueness of the colorations. You get a lot of variety. That's another thing that I like to have on the tree because they just add something else and people say, wow, what's that? never seen that or never paid attention to that before but they're a category that deserves more attention i think some of them are very plain like a bell or you know very simple ornament like a triangle but there are some that are very very complicated and i mean like i have several ferris wheels and they're and they're they're actually functioning and they're very detailed and they're multicolored and they're really fascinating yeah i love those and like you said incorporating the variety of different styles different shapes colors origins really makes the tree unique and it's always such a highlight to come to your house at christmas and see the variety there i try to keep it interesting some people just walk just look at it and walk by and it's like they don't even see it's there and some (laughs) people can't can't stop looking at it so but i appreciate anyone that has an interest that's for sure Great. So these will be available kind of like while supplies last, right? I mean, your blog goes out. I know you feature some. We have a lot of ornament collectors that will call Nick, our ornament specialist, and order them, and we can even ship them. Yeah. I mean, we would love to have more, but oftentimes it's just onesies and twosies, so you never know what we're going to have. And I put pictures in the blog of, you know, some of the ones that we've been talking about, but there are many others that I don't talk about because I only have, you know, a very, I don't have a big category, a big right. grouping of something to talk about, but they're all still interesting. I'm sure there'll be plenty of surprises. You'll have to visit the store often, come and see them in person. There's all sorts of information there, of course, about vintage ornaments and what they truly mean to us. Kevin, thank you so much for bringing this whole new level of Christmas to our customers. You're welcome. It's fun for me and it's fun for the customers. I, I have to tell one story that kind of is near and dear to me. Now, like I said, when we buy these in bulk, oftentimes, you know, we, we sometimes get ornaments that I don't particularly like, but everyone relates to something differently. So I, who knows what what's going to turn on one person and not the other. So I was putting some ornaments on the tree in the store, and there was an ornament that I didn't particularly like, but I had put put a few on the tree, and I thought, oh, well, it'll appeal to someone, I'm sure. So a few minutes later, there's a woman looking at the tree, and Austin, I hear her crying. And I thought, well, now what? You know, <laughs> I said, you know, is there anything I can help you with? Or I, I wanted to see what I could do right. to help her. She said, oh... Oh, I just found the most wonderful ornament, and it was one of those that I didn't like much. And she said, oh, when my husband returned from the Vietnam War, we went out and bought Christmas ornaments, and this is the one we got. Wow. So for her, it was a, a major memory. Yes. And they Ooh, probably, they, I just got goosebumps. They probably broke everywhere. them over the years and lost right, them. Right, that happens. And they probably even forgot about them until you see it, and then you remember it. It's just like when you see a lot of these, you say, oh, my grandma had that, or something mm-hmm. like that. So they're all special to somebody, and if they've been around this long and cherished this long, we deserve to give them more attention and keep the tradition going. Have that continue. Going. Yes, definitely. All right, well, watch for Kevin's blogs, and they are all really archived on our website all the way back into 2012. I cannot believe that how long ago, but you do such a great job of highlighting these and inspiring us all. So thank you so much. You bet. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on all the latest information and happenings here at Milligers. You can find out more details about our events on our website at milligers.com. We would love to hear from you. Send us your suggested topics and questions to me at gardengirl at milligers.com. Thanks again for listening and just keep growing.